Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In the second half of this episode, I'm going to talk about something that is really scary, zombie mortgages that could cost you your home. I'm going to tell you what's going on, but before we get to that, I get to hear your Clark stinks and hear how I've really stunk it up this week. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, here we go. I fully agree that everyone should have roadside assistance. You get one free tow every six months. They help with lockouts, etc. But AAA is extremely expensive, and most insurance companies offer roadside very cheap. I pay a few dollars extra every six months with Progressive for roadside assistance and would never take a policy without it, Steve. Steve, thank you. All right, so this is the issue that's come up, Steve. Some insurers, and I don't know if Progressive does so, they treat a tow as a claim. It goes into the industry database and is a real problem for you if that does happen ever shopping for auto insurance with another insurer. You know, a claim is a serious thing in the insurance industry for homeowners and auto. And so that's why I've encouraged people not to include roadside assistance on their auto insurance. I would check, Steve, with Progressive and see if you use the towing service or the roadside assistance if it does register on your record as a claim. And if it does, then it's a better idea for you to do something else. Now, on the issue of paying for roadside assistance, the way I look at it is that if you think back and you haven't needed roadside assistance in more years than you could account, then you're best off in the event you need roadside assistance just paying for it if the need ever arises. If, on the other hand, it's been a common occurrence in your life, you've needed roadside assistance, then it makes sense to pay for it. I just listened to your answer about the gentleman saying that a traditional IRA would be better than a Roth IRA due to having substantially lower taxable income once retired. You correctly pointed out that has not historically proven to be true, but the piece I think you forgot about is all the years of tax-free growth on that money in the Roth. That is the true carrot in the story, Linda. Linda, thank you. So both the Roth and the traditional grow tax-free through the years. It's what happens at the end of those years. All the money in a traditional 401k or a traditional IRA are taxed at the highest income tax rate known as ordinary income tax. That's 
a reason that you've got a tax time bomb coming when you have a lot of money in a traditional IRA or 401k. And it's one of the reasons I love the Roth version of an IRA or a 401k because all that growth you have all through the years, there is no tax time bomb waiting at the end. Clark does not stink. However, I believe he missed a few details regarding telling parents they did the right thing by advising their daughter, who's working a summer internship, to stop contributing to the company's 401k, even though she has a Roth IRA already set up. Most companies I'm aware of match the employee contributions and immediately own the balance of the 401k. They're missing out on free money, teaching their daughter to immediately save a portion of her paycheck and the time value of money having those funds from age 19 to 59 and a half or longer, Jack. Jack, thank you. And yes, if there is a match at the summer job and the match is fully funded instantly, that there's no suspense on it, that you have to be so many years or whatever to get that match, yes, you're completely right. Uh, My answer would lead to walking away from free money. You smell worse than the Venetian Lagoon at low tide on a hot summer day. Oh, and it really does stink. (laughs) Have you been there to smell that stink? Yes, I have. You recently stated that Walmart is the greatest anti-poverty program in the history of the world. First, hyperbole much? (laughs) Go to the socialist countries of Europe and try to find poor people like you do in my hometown of Fresno or the people in West Virginia and Kentucky. You won't find it. But more importantly, your idealization of companies like Walmart and your beloved McDonald's belies the fact that both companies' employees have the highest rates of people collecting government money in the form of SNAP, food stamps, stamps. and welfare. So which is it? Hardworking people shouldn't have to rely on the government for supplemental income if they're paid a fair wage. Ken. Ken, thank you. That's a very thoughtful post. And let me see if I can respond to each thing you said It is true that Europe has a much lower incidence of poverty than we have in the United States. Uh, The dispersal of income in the United States, the income inequality is much larger here than it is in Europe. That obviously is a problem. There are specific reasons why. One of them is that we had much less income inequality before unions, good or bad, but when so much of the workforce was unionized in the United States, and now almost no one is, we didn't have the extreme income inequality we have now. Then on the other side, Europe overall, countries have a much lower per capita income than we have in the United States. Europe is significantly falling behind. I'm talking Europe as a collective here falling behind in overall national wealth versus us. We have issues clearly with income inequality, with money flowing overwhelmingly to executives and to stockholders, to owners. The labor shortages in the United States give me hope that we're going to see some shifting in that. Walmart suffered enormous reputational harm from having so many of its employees receiving food stamps. And Walmart seems to have become a better employer than they used to be. Uh, McDonald's, I'm not knowledgeable about the issues with their workers. And I think I addressed most of those items. 
Clark, you constantly rave about the 5% cash reward using the Sam's Club credit card for purchasing gas. Perhaps you're having a senior moment or maybe lightheaded from the smell of gasoline because you neglect to mention that the 5% cash back, as you describe it, is actually Sam's cash and not a 5% decrease in the price of fuel at the pump. It's time to tell the whole story. So fill her up with the truth, Stephen. Stephen, thank you. You know, it's funny. I shop at Sam's so much that to me, you're right. It is very different than how I describe it. But for me, it's the same thing. Like, when I was in Sam's just yesterday and I use the app and it shows me when I go to check out that I can use some amount of Sam's cash for the purchase. And so to me, it is like it's real cash back. But you're, you are correct that I am wrong in explaining it that way. Dear Clark, you don't stink as much as that moment when my Apple Watch screen smashed on the bathroom floor. Ooh. Is that um, when you realize you should switch to Android? Oh, that was bad. <laughs> you talked about the only options for old devices that you can't access anymore. While likely only good for Apple products, they will recycle your equipment for free, including addressing any security concerns. And they link to the policy. As I, I had this for an Apple Watch last year that was smashed, and it was the easiest process. While there could still be a risk by the people, the Apple employees that handle it, you'll get a record of the devices recycled. And that's from Deanna in Illinois. Deanna, thank you. And I was not aware of Apple's recycling program. Um, and I'm really glad to know about it. The thing I'll look at is, is it does Apple only process Apple only products or do they take in and recycle those from others as well? Hmm. Everyone knows you don't stink, but I wanted to respond to your recent comments about potentially saving 25% at warehouse clubs. We only have Costco in our area, and with five kids, we have had a membership for many years. You love Costco for the savings. I also love savings, but there are so many fantastic things to buy, and the temptation is so great, especially near the bakery for me, that I think most members cancel out any grocery savings they might obtain with purchases of other tempting items. I don't have any hard data to back it up. But in informal conversations with countless friends and family members, we all agree Costco is a dangerous place for your wallet. I will, however, continue to shop there as the bakery makes the danger worthwhile for me. All the best, Jeremy. So, Jeremy, you know, when I shop at Costco, I never get a cart when I come in the door. I walk through those temptation areas first and I gather things in my arms and I can never buy more than I can carry in my arms. And so I put things back to avoid the Costco temptation or what people refer to as the Costco rule. You can walk in to buy a $10 item and somehow you walk out with $200 in items. So if I'm buying groceries that day when I go in, after I've gotten through all the discretionary aisles, through the steel, I then go back and you can always find carts people have abandoned. I get a cart, put in those discretionary items that I could carry, and then I go shop the food aisle. Now, that doesn't help with the bakery, although I'm not, I never buy from Costco's bakery. Maybe I'm missing something. Clark spoke about the internal conflict he feels between his love of NFL football which includes paying for a premium NFL subscription service and the importance of frugality in his life. My wife and I also believe in the importance of living below our means. And like Clark, watching NFL football is the one thing that I truly enjoy. 
I encourage Clark to speak to his audience about having a healthy relationship with money and the idea that the frugal choices one makes can give a person the ability to spend money of the fine things that they love. My wife is happy that we subscribe to the NFL premium content that Clark spoke about because she knows that it brings me joy. And I suspect that Clark's wife would feel the same. Vaughn. Vaughn. My wife actually feels differently during NFL season. She would like to take a sledgehammer to every TV in our house. And she says that I get so focused on the games that she could walk through the room naked and I wouldn't even notice her. Hope she doesn't get mad at me for saying that. But it is reality that I just am hyper-focused. So yes, I did spend the money, paid YouTube for NFL Sunday ticket for this season. And Vaughn, you stated so eloquently that the reason you're so careful with your money is when there's something you want to splurge on that you actually do. And you create the freedom in your life to make that possible. Along those lines, Clark smells like a dictator, you know, like the communist China he despises so much. On the June 7th podcast, he went on a tirade about finding out who was paying $8.99 a month or 108 per year for a streaming service and assuming it was from his wife who had watched a show she loved. Immediately after that, he went on about how he couldn't live without the NFL and just dropped $249 for the Sunday ticket. I'm sure this isn't really the case, but it sure came across like he was happy to pay for whatever streaming service made him happy, but not for anyone else in his family. Andrew. Andrew, thank you. I'm sorry if I sounded like, uh, I, I feel terrible if I sounded like that about my family. What was going on was I was going through all the bills and there were all these streaming services and I didn't know who was watching them. It wasn't about people being able to watch them. It was like, are we paying for things? Nobody actually is watching. And you thought it was a free trial that had been canceled and then it was still charging you. It turned out that it had, I signed into the account. It had been canceled. So then where was the bill coming from? Do you know I still haven't been able to figure out where that zombie bill is coming from, from a service that we already canceled and it shows we canceled it? Okay, Clark, you certainly don't stink but departed from your usual behavior, which we've come to expect. When helping the elderly lady at the New York ATM, in my opinion, you missed out on doing a greater good. Since you already helped her and probably had established a rapport with her, my expectations are that you could have and should have asked her about family and if any asked her to call them so you might explain her plight to them. You're Clark Stinking Howard guy. They might know you. You're famous, or is that infamous? It was one more step that could have eased your mind as well as mine. I pray she is not exploited, Len. Len, thank you. Thank you for posting about this. You know, as I said when I told the story about this nice woman, for those of you who did not hear that podcast, she was having trouble with basic functioning, couldn't get the door leading into the ATM. This was in New York City where all the doors to ATMs are locked and you have to use your card to get in. And then she couldn't get the ATM to work and she turned to me and asked me to help. Turned out she had more than a quarter million dollars just in her checking account and she was definitely disoriented. I said at that time when I told the story that I'd love it if people gave suggestions And I appreciate that suggestion. That is a great idea that I could have asked her if I could talk to a family member who she trusts. And um, that was a missed opportunity. 
I love your support to veterans, but you said something recently that makes you smell like a dirty army sock that's been buried in a duffel bag for months. I say this because you recently put down young people because of their hesitation to join the military. Then you went on to say how you joined the military. But the thing is, you waited until 9-11 to sign up. Why did you wait so long? We've got lots of great young men and women who have volunteered to serve, even though 9-11 happened before they were born. A big problem the military faces today is that there are lots of people who want to serve, but for various reasons cannot meet the medical standards, whether that is physical or mental. We as adults have to take some of the blame for that. John. John, thank you. I know from talking to uh, a general who was a base commander where troops were trained that what you said about the lack of physical strength and fitness of a lot of recruits is a big problem for the military. And in fact, basic training, I don't know what they call basic training now, but what we used to call basic training has had to be modified to have a lot of physical fitness as part of it prior to. It's almost like having a class 001 before 100 starts, the actual traditional basic training to get people fit enough to engage as soldiers. And I appreciate what you said that I did not serve prior. I was 46 when I volunteered enlisted in my state guard. And yes, I have, in the way you put it, I have no excuse for why I never served in the military prior. I was a civilian employee of the Air Force during the Vietnam War, tail end of the Vietnam War, but I could have put on the uniform and I did not at that time and point well taken. Coming up ahead, I want to talk about an un- happy blast of the past 15 years ago that's now appearing in people's lives, zombie mortgages. I want to tell you what they are and what's happening and the unpleasantness that's visiting people in their lives. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wow. Sometimes the past reappears and it's really an ugly, ugly thing. I want to dial back to what happened starting in year 2001 going forward in the housing market for six years. The mortgage lenders, the banks, were involved in a variety of illegal practices and were making loans just to anybody who was breathing, anybody who had a pulse. People were allowed with no money down to buy perhaps even 10 houses that they never occupied. At the same time, lenders were making what were known as 125s. So you took out a mortgage and you owed on it, but you wanted uh, money. Banks around the country and non-bank lenders, mortgage companies, were making these 125s where If the value of your home was, let's say, $100,000, 
and you'd already borrowed 100000 they would still lend you another 25000 against it. So you were upside down on your home. And the whole theory was home values were going up so the lenders wouldn't get hurt because even though they had uncovered equity, negative equity, that eventually it would be covered and everything would be fine. Well, it wasn't fine. Because then we hit 07 and all the banking scandals came crashing down, demolished the housing market, led to the housing bust, led to the Great Recession that took years and years and years for us to get over, basically eight years. And now the weirdest stuff is happening. A lot of people who were in those homes where they had a first mortgage, then they had one of these scuzzy second mortgages or home equity lines of credit, reached accommodations with the lenders, and they came up with payment plans and concession plans and all this, and people who were upside down in their homes and had trouble paying did not get foreclosed on. There were plenty of people who got foreclosed on, but there were people who worked things out with the first mortgage lender. Second mortgage lenders, a lot of them went out of business. So those loans went quiet. And people, all these years later, 10, 15 years later, suddenly, out of the blue, are getting foreclosure notices. Imagine that. So who are they getting foreclosure notices from? Wall Street is buying up paper, buying up these old dormant second mortgages, buying them up for half a cent on the dollar, penny on the dollar, two cents on the dollar, whatever, knowing that they had a uh, security where they could go after the person's home. And there are law firms now that out of the blue are going after people, threatening to foreclose on them or foreclosing on them for those long ago home equity lines or second mortgages. Now, legally, they are owed. The amounts owed on them may or may not be close to accurate because they bought line items. They bought basic information on these loans. And you've got to hire a lawyer now to defend yourself to not lose your home because the imputed interest charges and late fees and all that can be gigantic on these old forgotten about home equity lines of credit or second mortgages. And so it is past ugly. And if you get some kind of weird letter where you've stayed in a home and now they're demanding payment or you're going to be foreclosed on, you can't throw it away. You can't ignore it. You can't act like it's a mistake. You've got to go hire a real estate lawyer to defend you in this. And you want one who's got experience with this because the first thing will be prove it. Prove the amount you came up with. Prove all of that. And if ultimately they're able to prove it, then believe it or not, you will owe that money from so long ago. This is not a happy story, but you got to know that is the actual thing that's happening. I'd seen some things about it, and then I saw a long-form story in the Wall Street Journal about people who've been current with their mortgages, 
They've been fine for years and years and years. They've been paying on the loans. They thought they were close to owning their homes free and clear. And now they may actually have their homes taken from them in these foreclosure actions that Wall Street decided is the next place for them to get rich. Okay, we'll go to questions now. This one's from James in Ohio. I will be retiring from the military next year. Thank you for your service. I currently have two credit cards with high annual fees, the Amex Platinum and the Amex Hilton Aspire. As an active duty member, I have these fees waived under the Service Members Civil Relief Act. I plan to close these cards next year to avert getting hit with the fees because I'll no longer be active duty and won't have the SCRA protections. How should I go about closing these cards and applying for new ones while maintaining my FICO score? I have two other non-fee credit cards that I will be keeping. Okay, so we're talking about, first of all, the Platinum is a $695 annual fee that will suddenly hit you right in the face. And American Express has an entire array of non-fee credit cards. When the time comes, you call them when it's time for renewal, and you say you're not going to renew the card you'd like to switch to and have done your research on the American Express website of Amex cards that have no annual fee, and you want to get one of those, even potentially, not get one of them, then go get another card that's no annual fee. I mean, you're you're military, hopefully you're a Navy Federal member, uh, USAA member, Pentagon Credit Union, you can get PenFed is what they call themselves now. You can get cards from these military-oriented credit unions or USAA Federal Savings Bank, replace the available credit with the really good cards that are available from these military-oriented organizations. And you get this done before you retire from the military. As for the American Express Hilton card, I'd say the same thing about the Marriott. The hotel cards are junk. In a situation like yours, you're getting rid of it because of having to pay the annual fee moving forward. But the hotel programs have so devalued the points that it's basically a joke. Krista, I remember you have the Marriott issued by Chase, and you recently were looking at a hotel. You were going to use the points, and I almost had a stroke right on <laughs> right on site because the value you were getting was so ridiculously poor yep. on using the Marriott Bonvoy points for a hotel stay. The hotel programs are playing us for fools, and you don't want to have the tie-in with these cards. If you sign up for one for a year to get the, the big sign-up bonus and you use those points for hotel stays, the math will work in your favor. But after that first year, the math does not work. Nathan Tennessee says, I recently booked a summer trip with my brother to Yosemite, but he had to cancel last minute. I'd purchased two tickets through an airline, so I figured I could just ask someone else, like my dad, to join me on the trip instead. But when I went online to transfer the ticket, it simply was not possible. I messaged them and called them, and the best they could do was give me an e-credit worth the price of the ticket because I purchased basic economy and not coach or first class. I'm good now, but was very frustrated. Why could I not simply exchange the ticket to another person when giving the airline 10 days notice? I purchased the seat next to mine. I know it's open. So why can't I simply change the name? 
To my knowledge, Southwest is the only airline that permits a name change of a ticket. I didn't know they even did that. Yeah, they have, uh, they call it Gotta Get Away Plus, I think. You pay a slight additional amount to make the money transferable. Um, Even if it had not been uh, the ticket class you got, unless you specifically buy a refundable ticket, the money is not transferable on virtually any airline from one passenger to another. So when you change who's going on a trip, they don't let you change under any conditions normally who that ticket, who that money is used for. Generally, the money is only usable by the individual you originally bought the ticket for. doesn't have to be to go to Yosemite. It can be anywhere, but typically that money is value for your brother to use for a trip up to the deadline the airline has to use that money. And I'm really sorry it works that way. The only exceptions I'm aware of are corporate accounts where uh, companies that have an account with an airline have the ability to control the money rather than it being to the individual the ticket was purchased for. Mike in North Carolina says, is it a good idea to pay a company to drive a purchase car across the country for you after you purchase it? Also, are there reputable companies that offer this service? So Mike, what you're talking about is a tiny part of the market now where an individual trying to get from point A to point B gets essentially free transportation by driving your vehicle. I don't recommend that. What I recommend instead is there's a massive network of car hauling services now that move vehicles from one part of the country to the other. And this all started because of the internet with people that were buying cars who knows where and they were somewhere else. And so there's this widely dispersed market that moves cars from place to place. I've moved a car before with one of the car haulers and I did it through Uship, the letter uship.com, where you're able to see reviews and it's a reverse auction. You put up the car move you want to make and companies bid for your business. And over the time period that the auctions open, the prices go down, not up. So it's the opposite of a normal bid. The thing about it is the cheapest price is not necessarily going to be your best. Read the reviews. Read how reliable they were on schedule. Uh, Read how if somebody had damaged their vehicle from a car hauler, how it was handled well or poorly. Uh, But I recommend that instead of putting the miles on the odometer and having an unknown driving your vehicle across the country. And the costs will vary a lot. I have, if you want to know more about U-Ship, I have a review of it on Clark.com. And that does it for us today. On Monday, we are going to have a special episode for you. You won't want to miss your crazy or best travel stories as we're in the heart of the travel season. Have an absolutely great weekend.